You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 66. Today, my guest is Stephen Brewster. We're going to talk about ministry silos and isolating your ministry. He's a guru when it comes to leadership and teamwork. Let's do it. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who would never give up pizza for anything. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Really glad that you're here with me today. Real quick intro. I just want to tell you a few about a few things coming up. I'm going to be at that church conference in Atlanta coming up on September 25th through the 27th. If you haven't gotten that yet, you can go to thatchurchconference.com and, or thatcc.com, I think is what will also get you there. And you can stream it for, I think, under 100 bucks, real cheap. Um, I'm doing that with my team. I'm going to come back and we're going to talk through all the sessions and maybe even watch a couple as a team and, and talk through what communications is supposed to be about and what it's like on the cutting edge here. So that's a great conference coming up. I hope that you'll um, go get that. And if you're not able to come, if you are able to come, I will be there and I would love to meet you. So please, if you see me there, come and say hello and let me know that you're listening to this. And uh, I would love to, I love to meet people who are actually engaging with what's going on here. So please let me know that you're a listener and I'd love to talk to you and find out what it is that you're dealing with. Maybe even we can brainstorm some things right there and, and help you through some issues. So today on the show, I have a friend of mine I met at that church conference last year, Stephen Brewster. Now, Stephen is, uh, has jumped around a lot from church to church here recently. It's part of his, his story that he told last year and finally settled at his current church that he's at now. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about that story, but it's a fascinating story about God leading you through transition. And, uh, that's kind of what he was talking about at that church conference last year. And so when we talk about that, we always have to, uh, Put in this conversation about uh, isolating yourself and your ministry becoming isolated because you always, anytime, especially you walk into a new situation at a church, there's going to be what we call ministry silos and ministry silos are those things that go up. We naturally gravitate towards it because we're passionate about what we particularly do on our church team, whether that's youth or children's or worship or, or, or pastoring, you know, or communications, whatever our main focus is, we gravitate towards making that easier for us, making it more efficient for us without thinking, am I actually insulating and isolating myself and affecting other teams adversely? And Stephen is really great about helping us understand why those are not, why that's difficult and how we can kind of get around it. So uh, without any more from me, I hope you join my Facebook groups at uh, sethmuse.com slash the seminary of hard knocks. I think that's it. I can't even remember. It'll be in the show notes right now. Um, so let's ha- let's get to my conversation with Stephen Brewster. Thanks for listening. Well, hey everybody, I am here with my friend Stephen Brewster. Stephen, thank you so much for being on the show. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? How we doing tonight? I'm so glad that you're coming on the show, dude. I, it's, uh, we got to meet at uh, that church conference last year and yeah. uh, hang out way on into the wee hours of the night. At uh, one of the loudest places ever. God, it was so loud. <laughs> I mean, I I can't even remember half of the conversations I had at that conference because it was so loud. It was ridiculously loud. It was like a live band was playing, but they weren't. Yeah, but there, yeah, but there wasn't one. It was like it, it's like instead of table guacamole, there was table live band, and it was just super <laughs> loud in your face. Well, and on top of that, I was probably in like honestly one of the most like. 
um, distraught seasons of my life at that moment. And so yeah. Yeah. you were getting the raw version of Stephen Brewster. So <laughs> I, I remember you shared quite a bit, like a story of, of your transition, your, your, uh, your transition and your journey a little bit at the conference. It was really, really powerful. One of the, one of the highlights, I think. Oh, uh, wow. Thank yeah. you. I, I don't know if it was a highlight for anybody else, but it was de- it definitely resonated because I think everybody's in transition at some point in like at, at at any moment of our life, we're either about to be in transition, we're in transition, or we're coming out of transition. Yep. If it's not us, we're helping walk somebody else through it. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that my life was a um, was a content um, piece for the rest of the world, but it was. And yeah, that, that moment really like resonated with some people. So it was, it was a fun time. Yeah. And you know, Justin and Van do a great job with that conference. They, they really do. So I'll I'll be back there this year, just hanging out, not, not speaking, just, just kicking it. My, my buddy, Jenny Catron speaking this year. And, uh, I think Phil Bodel is as well. So going down and hanging out with some friends and That's awesome. cheering, cheering them on. This well, year. Hey, I will hang out again. Cause I'll be there again too. Let's go to a, let's go to a quieter restaurant maybe yes. next, or maybe like, um, uh, like a really, really loud rap concert and it would still be quieter than that restaurant. <laughs> I remember I met a couple of people at the, uh, at the table and I was literally just shouting as loud as I could. And they were it two, was, two, three feet away from me. No, bro. Like, I am ADD. Like I'm a creative guy. So yeah. like my ADD was on stun in that place. He probably thought I was a hot mess because first off, I just spilled all my emotions on the stage. And then on top of it, yeah, I can't hear what anybody's saying. So I'm pretending I know what they're saying. I can't either. I have a, I am almost deaf in my right ear. Oh, I'm, I'm in my left. Are you really? So when you get in those loud situations, it's so painful and well, not painful, but it's, it's like frustrating because like speaking to my good ear so I can hear what I still can't yeah. hear you. Well, I have to, I've learned, I've learned this about myself. Um, totally tangenting here, but I've learned this, that I've, I'm not looking at your lips when you're talking to me. I might not understand what you're saying in most situations. It's so weird. That just made me look at your lips. Don't now, now that's weird. Now I'm really weird. Self-conscious. Of it. I'm like, Oh God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's so strange. It You've was, never a podcast like this people. Never man. So glad we're not doing the video part. Then everybody would be like, what's his lip look like? What is, what's up with his lips? They are, cool they are Angelina Jolie luscious man. I'm Ange- telling you. Imagine Angelina Jolie <laughs> with like Charlie Chaplin's mustache. Yeah. And, and like on a bear. And Doug Dynasty beard. <laughs> That's a perfect description and of the me. The rock's haircut. Yes, that's the perfect description of me. <laughs> and the rock's body. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> and and what's really really weird is Seth's wearing like a bathing suit right now. So no, that's it's how so I roll. Doing this podcast this way. That's but how I roll. Whatever, bro. Beach life forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us. We haven't even really gotten into what you do yet. So let's let's tell us everybody who you are and kind of. <laughs> I don't know what I do, brother. Oh, that's right? oh, that's such an identifying moment. Like, isn't with, that amazing? With all of us. Okay, so here's what I do. So, okay. so in 1996, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, with dreams of being the Christian P. Diddy, and God was really gracious. I got to work in the music business for over 10 years. Got to do a lot of really fun, amazing stuff, and and then God pulled me back into the church, into the local church. My parents were missionaries. I grew up all over the world. And I vowed to never be in the family business, but God really like 
changed my heart and I started working um, in local churches and um, all over the place. Got to spend some time at Cross Point Church for a long time. It's home. That's my people. Jackie and I attend there every weekend, but we're no longer on staff. Um, our pastor had some made some poor decisions and he was a super close friend. It cost a crazy amount of damage. That's the transition that you were talking about about yeah. from that church conference, which at some point, if anybody is in transition, they want to reach out. I'd gladly walk you through that. But we had to, we had to, we needed God to provide us a soft space to land. So about two years ago, a little over two years ago, God gave us a soft place to land at uh, a church called Real Life Church in Claremont, Florida, mm-hmm. Orlando area. The the people at Claremont are amazing. Real Life is an awesome church, really reaching a lot of people. Uh, we were there for about five months. Then we transitioned, went to Charlotte, North Carolina for about 14 months. And I'm proud to say we got, God allowed us to come back home. And we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm kind of running my own business now. So I'm helping churches and organizations just be better. I'm helping them figure out if they're stuck or if they feel like there's more, but they don't know how to get to more. Uh, I'm helping them grow from where they are today to where God's called them to be. And that's really the goal of what we're trying to accomplish right now. And last weekend, we spent uh, the weekend with a church in Orlando. We helped them install some church values. It was honestly the best ministry I feel like I've ever done because it was I got to impact them in a weekend in a way that changed the, the trajectory of their their church and their culture. And it was so fun this weekend to get text messages from them about how the culture exercises we did during that weekend were imp- impacting their weekend services and their their huddles and their volunteers and their teams. And we we talked about volunteer like pipelines and culture structure and values and standards. And it's just fun. And I'm in a fun season of life. I'm also work, I'm working with a bunch of great churches. I'm working with Elevation Church, Saddleback, Southeastern University and a bunch of others. And yeah, it's just fun. That's cool. We we uh we we actually just launched the Southeastern University uh, satellite campus at our church. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, Justin's amazing. Justin Lathrop, he's running kind of all of that, and yeah, it's it's I'm in a fun season of life. So that's awesome, I, man. I'm just trying to help churches be better and help my friends be better. I'm working with John Acuff and a couple other people I can't talk about yet because we haven't yeah. officially yeah. locked in. But yeah. as soon as we lock in, it's gonna be awesome. That's awesome. I love John Acuff's one of my favorite writers. Oh, John's amazing. So, uh, man. so tell him hi for me because uh, he'll know who that he is. He lives right down the street. He'll know who I am. <laughs> I in, he totally will, Seth. I, I believe it. Absolutely not. We we moved into this neighborhood and like Brandy Wilson, uh, Pete's ex-wife, lives right down the street. She's like one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. So we get to hang out with her all the time. And then um, Angie and Todd Smith from Sela and Angie Smith's a writer. So probably people have heard her or done yeah. their devotions. And then John and Jenny are in our neighborhood. So our neighborhood is like, that's awesome. Awesome. You're, that's like a creative hub of Nashville right there. It's, it's pretty bonkers. honestly. <laughs> so. You guys ought to get together and form like a super group. Well, I mean, we're working on it right now, but <laughs> Pussycat Dolls was taken, so we don't know what to do with the name. Well, what was the name? What was the name of the band that like Slash and Scott Weiland and all those guys formed? Was that the? Oh, what was the name of that super group that kind of fell apart real quick? I'll, I'll think of it later. Uh, Audio Slave was it? Audio Slave. Uh, I mean, I'm a hip hop guy, so you're speaking okay. a different language, but gotcha. I kind of imagine it as the Wu-Tang Clan. So okay. we can go that way. There you go. Or Public Enemy. 
Public Enemy or like the Avengers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I, I've uh, kind of read a l- through a lot of what you do on your on your blog. Um, and I came across one the other day I, I wanted to ask you about because I think it yeah. has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about here with ministry silos and teamwork and things like that. Um, it was called something like the thing that's not on your job profile. That's actually more important to your success. It was, um, do you remember this one? Which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that and you maybe your heart behind that, why you wrote that? Yeah. So like a lot of times I think in, in ministry, we, the, the, so when ministry starts out, it's always pure. Right. Like everybody starts off and it's like, it's going to reach people, just going to reach people. And any good leader who comes into an organization is instantly going to go, what are the metrics of success for my, for my ministry? What, what, how do I know that my ministry is accomplishing the goal that God's called for us to do? What are the metrics around that? And then how do I measure them? Right. And Mm so as soon as we start doing that, we create this culture where if my ministry doesn't succeed, then I have a problem and I need to fix it. And so, and and there's probably some truth to that, honestly. Like sure. that's that's not a bad that's not a bad rule. But um, what we can end up what ends up happening as your organization scales is these silos start to create separate visions and cultures and purpose. And when that happens, we're no longer working as a unit. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like we talked about supergroups, right? Yeah. Imagine like Votron. If if every one of those cats was running its own way, they would never be able to form the super machine that beat the enemy. Yeah. And in church, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to form a supergroup that beats the enemy because the enemy is not taking any time off. The Bible's super clear about that. Right. And right. so the, the the devil's out to seek, kill, and destroy. Seek, kill, and destroy are three words that do not feel passive to me. Right. And so as a leader, the minute I become siloed, I now lose the ability to be part of the the larger entity that is going to impact our our community and our culture. And at the end of the day, every single person who comes to our church, they're looking for one of two things. They either want purpose or community or both. So they find purpose through the ministry that we do, being part of something bigger than themselves and getting involved. They find community through the relationships that they're involved with. And when people find purpose in community, then God is able to take what he does and extend it to everybody. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So we got to kill those silos, man. Absolutely. And, and for those listening, if you've never heard that term before, which was it's kind of shocking to me, uh, somebody the other day said, what do you mean by ministry silo? It's like, really? Okay. Cause really? you yeah. don't know, like, you don't know. You ever heard that term? Around. So, find one. so a ministry silo is more like a, like little, little kingdoms within the kingdom kind of thing. So take that into the context of your church, right? The, the church is, is, you know, ex Baptist church, whatever of whatever yep. city you're in. And then you've got your student ministry, your children's ministry, your choir, your worship team, your small groups. And, and what happens is when one of those ministries or departments starts to, uh, I don't, I don't want, I guess ball hog is the, is the term. It's another, you know, I love it. You when know they what start I mean? becoming Carmelo Anthony, we have a problem. <laughs> when they, when they start to like go, okay, this is a, this is our thing. And like, we're separate from the church. Like, and, and I, and I came from youth ministry. I did youth ministry for a long time. So I see it in youth ministries all the time 
where the church isn't cool, but we are. And yeah. so we're kind of on our own. We're outsiders. We're, we're our own thing. So we have our own, it even goes into visual stuff like branding. We have our own brand. We have our own logo. We have our own look and it's completely separate from the church. So it's the difference become be, between being Nike or being Foot Locker, right? Yeah. Nobody's ever like, I love Foot Locker. Oh my gosh. Like, I just, I love it. Oh my God, I love Foot Locker. No, but people are like, I love Nike. Yeah. And why do they love Nike? Because Nike knows what their values are. They know their brand. They know their mm-hmm. consistency. And so whether it's the country club sports of golf and tennis or the most irreverent sports like skateboarding and football, it's still the same vibe and feel yeah. all the way yeah. through. Now, Nike is going to be the same everywhere. K-Swiss is a totally different brand. You're never, But a lot of churches that I walk into today, they have like a Nike Sunday morning experience. They have K-Swiss groups. They have Puma uh, small groups. They have Adidas kids and all of these things. None of them are consistent. So they're now a house of brands instead of a branded house. Yeah. Right. How cool. So they're locker. They're not Nike. How cool would it be though, to have Adidas kids be your youth ministry or your kids ministry? As long as your church's name was Adidas, I would love it. <laughs> funded, and, 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 funded, and really, branded Seth, by what Adidas. What it comes back to is at the end of the day, what it comes back to is values. Yeah. And, and and your values, every church has values, whether they've identified them or not. And the truth is that their values, a lot of times churches confuse their beliefs with their values. Yeah. So they're like, we believe in the Trinity. We believe in this. We believe in this. And they call those values. And those are valuable, but they're not values. They're beliefs. Mm-hmm. They're theological. Right. What's not theological is your values. And your values are your rules of engagement. And when you clearly identified your rules of engagement, everyone from the senior pastor to the first time volunteer are all going to operate around the same core um, value system. Yeah. Now you're crushing the silos. Right. Because we are now moving in and doing things that like nobody else can imagine because we're all operating on the same values in our specific disciplines around the same brand theology. Yeah. Well, what would you say are some of those red flag indicators that we've got a silo happening? Like, what are some things, some some attitudes that you might see or some mentalities or just activities or whatever that you would see? What what are some of those that you would see? The very first one is us versus them. Anytime you hear that they do this or we do this and they do that or you do this and I do that, red flag, throw the flag. That's in the departments. And we're almost in football season, so throw the flag. Yeah. Okay. Because we need a replay because that's not consistency. That's not team culture. Now, the reason though, ultimately Seth, that we get there is because we haven't clearly identified that we're all on the same page trying to accomplish the same thing. Yeah. Which again, comes back to our values. Mm -hmm. When we have a shared set of values, we do not have the ability to become siloed. Yeah. Because we're all, we're all striving for the same thing just in our individual ministries. And it's, so that's the first one. and it's important to say too, that just because you have them written down and plastered all over your walls, your values that you don't, that doesn't mean you're all on the same page. No. And, and it's, your so your values are, are, um, icon, they can be iconic and not impactful. Yeah. Okay. So if they're iconic, but not impactful, you know, what values you're living. And the funny thing for me is that a lot of times churches are like, we don't know what our values are. I don't know if we have values. Oh, you have them and you have a culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your, your culture is either created and intentional or it's allowed and permissible. 
And so if you ever feel like there's somebody doing something that you do not, that does not feel like it sets right with how the rest of the ministry is working, you that's the second sign that you have a, a splintered or a siloed culture. Yeah. Um, the other one is like just if you if you see a lot of Lone Rangers, if there's people that are working on their own and they never try to engage the rest of the organization in what they're doing, that's that's definitely one. Yeah. Um, so those would be the top three, I would think. And I think a good litmus test is, and I heard a, a senior pastor told me this once. I was like, as a youth pastor, I hate this, but I, as a as a leadership guy, I'd like to totally get it. But he said every once in a while he would just tell his uh, his youth pastor that. Um, he wanted their youth um, like series to be the same as the adult series. Like he would, he would do. And, yeah. and even beyond that, he would say somebody else said like, uh, give, give it an order. Like, you know, I hate to call it an order, but you know, like tell them to do something that you know, they don't want to do and just see how they react. And it like interferes with their ministry a little bit. You could see that reaction tells you a lot about where are we as yeah. a team. If, no if, the youth, if the youth pastor is like, Oh man, but your series is so lame. It's just on, you know, I don't want to do, can we, same series? can we make it cooler? Can we do it different? Can we have our own graphics? You know, it's like, no, you know, maybe, but you could, you could tell through those questions. And anytime you're trying to create your own thing, you, you know, that's a, like a a red flag that you're in trouble. Not that, not that individuality is, is not important or creative expression is not important. Mm -hmm. They are, both of those things are super awesome. But they have to be in in conjunction and in vibe with the vo- the values and the purpose of our church, yeah. or else you become Footlocker. And we, none of us want to be Footlocker. Right. That's a great illustration. And I think another thing we could look at, too, yeah. um, another red flag would be, um, just from my own kind of experience in the past, when, when you start to notice uh, an arguing or hoarding of resources— you start to yeah. see like my, this is my room. These are, this is my budget. This is, these are mine. Cause I bought them. This belonged to our ministry. And I think there's, there's like, yeah, some of that kind of stuff, like this is our soundboard. Well, we're not going to just pick up a soundboard, and move it all the time. Right. So there are some, th- some things that kind of get a pass for that. But when you're talking about, um, you know, movable objects that really you could share as a church, share that expense and you're not willing to do that. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a definite flag there for, for me. Nope. 100 percent yeah well as ministry leaders um we we see those flags what are some things that we can we can actively uh practice that might help change from a from a culture of of silos basically to bring those silos down what are some things we can do so work hard on creating a synergistic ability for your team to work together mm-hmm. in a way that we're all chasing the same thing stories are huge in that you start sharing sharing stories of light change. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's yeah. like the gas that keeps everybody moving, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we have life change in student ministry and kids ministry and groups ministry and serving, when we gave a car away this weekend because this person needed it, and we went and gave fifty backpacks to this elementary school, and all these things, all of a sudden everybody starts sharing in these wins together. Yeah, and yeah. when we start sharing in the wins together, oh my goodness! Yeah, and that's us. We did that. Us, yeah. we did that. Yeah, and then yeah. on social media, we're sharing that it's us, and we did that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and that's one and, of the, when I'm when I'm doing social media, I uh, for my church, one of the things I try to do is 
from the adult, it's like the adult social media, right? So we're only supposed to share adult stuff on the adult social media. Well, for <laughs> me, I'm like, they need to know what's going on in student ministry and missions and kids. And so we share that kind of stuff too. No question. Because it's, it's honestly, that's what they like. I mean, people like to see that stuff, but the other is that it, 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 uh, it's in line with our values that we are one yeah. church, you know, that we are one church, many lo- three locations and, and all of so us. You're, you're a multi-site church, right, Sam? Yeah. So w- the minute you go multi-site, everything changes. Yes, it does. Right. It does. And so most of our churches that are listening today are probably single site and they can't even relate to multi-site. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Share the story of your church. The story of your church is everything from babies to senior adults. Yeah. What's happening? How are we impacting the community? How are we serving the community well? What are we doing for outreach? How are we communi- creating community? Mm-hmm. Purpose and community. It goes back to that. Okay. Then if you're a multi-site church, you're one church, multiple locations. Everybody says that. No one's defined it. I'm working with a client currently, and we're trying to define what does it look like? They have 19 campuses, oh and gosh. five of those campuses are international. Huh. Okay. And their pastor is one of the most famous pastors in America. And um, what does it look like for their worship ministry to be one church, multiple locations? It gets super complex. Yeah, it does. Right. And so, so you have to go back to the core baseline of what you know, our values and our purpose. Right. That's awesome. And and our standards. And I think once we've identified and clarified and defined those, Man, now we can make magic happen. Yeah, and I think you're definitely, that's square one. I think square two is you have to have leaders that are not only willing, but empowered to enforce that culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you have to hire around the kind of church you're trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever read uh, Lencioni's book? Um, Oh, man, I knew as soon as I started that sentence, I forget the title. Ideal Team Player. Team Player. Yes, thank you. The Ideal Team Player. One of the best books in the world. Every leader in church should should read that book. It's I read, dude, I read that book in like a weekend. It was so good. And, and he writes so well that it's story. like story. It it's story. Yeah, it, it, everything he teaches is in, the, is in the context of this narrative that's fake. Uh, I love him, and, and it was so amazing. Better. What's that? If you listen to it, I'm not a big reader, but I'm a huge Audible guy. I me too. I probably consume three books a month only through Audible. Yeah. And, um, when you listen to it, you're like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. And you can listen to that one on one and a half speed and get, and blow through it and still not miss anything. Yeah. And you hear about the jerk. Who's like the egomaniac. Yeah. I love people right now. So they'll go check it out. I love it. And I listened to that one on audible as well. It did not take me long, man. I read that one so fast. It's such a good book. And it's all about hiring people that strictly fit into your values and not hiring people who are just talented. And I yep. think that's so valuable, man. Well, um, anything else that you want to, you want to throw in there as far as leadership and how we create this culture where we demolish these silos. I mean, at the end of the day, the most important thing you can do is serve your, serve your senior pastor, serve the vision of your church and serve your values. If you do those three things, you're going to end up feeling really, really good about stuff. So, yeah. um, and then if you can't figure that out, Find somebody who can. I would love to come and help you, but there's a lot of other people who are really, really good at it too. So just figure that out, you know? Awesome. Yeah, I would definitely call you too. 
Call Stephen Brewster. He will he will fix you up. I'll give you my cell phone number, 615-457-7261. Text me. Don't call me because I don't ever answer, and I have no voicemail. But if you text me, I will hook you up. That's awesome. He just gave you his cell phone number, everybody. So don't don't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I give it all the time. I, it went out on my email blast today, too. So Awesome. Well, man, this has been so enlightening. Very good, as always. So thank you so much for sharing your insight and experience with us uh, in, into the, the ministry leadership and demolishing this silo. I think we all have this kind of issue at our church in some form or fashion. So thank you. I hope, I hope it's valuable for people. And I hope, I hope that our listeners today get something out of it that makes them go, yeah, I love that. I want to do that. Absolutely. And tell us where we can get a hold of you online. Yeah, man. Totally. Thank you. Um, Stephen Brewster dot me. S T E P H E N B R E W S T E R dot M E. Or you can hit me on Instagram B underscore R E W S T E R. Uh, but yeah, that's those are the two best ways to get me. Or awesome. you can just text me. I usually get my phone number. There away, you go. So I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, oh, well, you're gonna put my phone number in the show notes. I will. I will put it out. And I'm gonna blast it. I'm, I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna do a Facebook ad, and that's all it's gonna have. Do it. Just call Stephen Brewster. As long as it creates business for me, I'm good. I'm <laughs> well, Come on. Speaking of business though, um, you do have a freebie on your site that I want to tell people about. It's really great. It's a free social, ma- social media map. I just launched it today. Did you really? I saw it today. Today is the first, I, I launched it like three hours ago, Seth. Oh, that's awesome. You're so on the ball. I'm on so it, dude. I launched this social media map because what I realized was most churches don't understand. Like, the, the average church in America sits down and looks at their computer and they're like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to post today? Uh-huh. So what if instead of figuring out what to post today, someone gave you a map that you could post for a month at a time? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you'd be like, this is the best ever. Yep. So that's great. I put a four a four page PDF together on my site. If you give me your email address, I'll give you that. I promise I'm not going to bombard you. I'm going to send you an occasional email address. I'm going to send you all the free stuff that I ever post. and um, in exchange, you get this map and you get all the exercises to develop this map. And, um, it's been amazing. Cause I've, I've helped, uh, at this point I would say a dozen churches are already using the map. Yeah. It's totally changing how they do church. I'm going to get it too. Um, I have a resource of my own 88 ideas for church, social media posts. So it's just a list of ideas. So that's you awesome. get yours. That's a map and tells you how to get it all set up. And then you get mine, fill it in with all the stuff. There you go. So you Combo. can success is 88. <laughs> I tell you to max out at 15. So Seth's going to give you like five months worth of content. There you go. I'm going to tell you how to execute it in like 15 posts. One, two punch. Bang. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Go do it. All right. Well, Steven, so thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Brother. It was, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And guys, thank you for listening today. It was awesome. All right. Well, go get the show notes at sethmuse.com slash 66 today, episode 66. So sethmuse.com slash 66. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you, guys. See ya. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by Birthdays. The one day a year you can be as selfish as you want and everyone has to be cool with it. 